0: Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falaci, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ.
1: We're going to finish up. Uh, This Disciples Series uh, today, and uh, for me, it's been an incredible journey, and and it doesn't stop with the series, obviously. Uh, The new focus that will start next week will be Who is God, and that is designed to take us into uh, Christmas, and uh, really the impetus behind this this, uh, series is... As we answer, you know, the question of who is God, remind ourselves of the attributes of who our God is. Our um, discover maybe for the first time, it deepens your faith and it's applicable it's not just characteristics it's characteristics that can be functionally working in your life and we can forget those sometimes and also uh, the other side of the coin is that I'm hoping is through you know marketing efforts uh, that uh, the title of this will bring some uh, some people in the community in that are on the fringe that maybe have experienced church at one time in their life but for some reason something happened and uh, their doubt and who God was got the best of them and they just kind of they checked out and I, so I'm hoping to read Some of those fringe believers out there are people that are seeking earnestly but seeking in the wrong direction. So, I'm praying that uh, we can attract some of those uh, people as well and they can experience the love of Christ just through all of us here because we are a great community and um, they they will be blessed by all of us. I mean, I know they will be. So, that starts next week. Invite people that you know if there's been that one person that's been on your heart, just tell them to show up. We're not going to bite. We won't even hug them, okay, if they're afraid of, you know, we'll just, we'll keep our distance and just give it, some of you may, never mind, okay, <laughs> some of you, your gift is hugging, so, all right, but anyway, we're going to continue, it says second, in 2 second Peter 1, 6, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, we went over last week, and we're adding perseverance this week, uh, some translations say patience, some say long-suffering, but uh, it's patience, and um, Again, the context of this scripture, these verses, this passage, is that uh, Peter is encouraging followers to add to their faith continually so that they grow in the knowledge of God, the revelation of God, so that who he is is known not just in the head but in the heart. Because as that grows, your life changes. And so these, these different areas... Of addition, you know, starting with virtue, you know, godly virtue, obedience to His commands, understanding that His, his ways are life. Uh, it, there's nothing easy about it because it's a rewiring, and it takes self control. It takes perseverance, and so as we land on perseverance today, um, and, and patience, you know, patience. I think you hear that word, and um, I don't know what kind of knee jerk reaction you have to patience, because um, on one hand. We understand that it's good to operate in patience. And I think on the other hand, it feels really good to be impatient. It just does. When things aren't going our way, sometimes it feels so good to break out of whatever it is, to act a certain way, and and, and to make something happen. And that's a struggle. Because I think all of us at some level struggle with impatience. Am I right? Anybody? Just two of us. Okay, so we don't actually need this message today. You're good. (laughs) The word is hypomene, uh, and I'm saying that because there's a lot of different words for patience in the Bible. Uh, but this is the one we're focusing on. It's a different type of patience. It's a very specific type of patience, and it means um, cheerful or hopeful endurance. Okay, Cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy. Enduring. It's like patient continuance. You know, in a New Testament, it's a characteristic of a man who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and suffering. You also need to know that this word does not mean a passive waiting, but an active endurance. It's a difference between like sitting in a, a, a waiting room in your, at the doctor's office patiently, even though, you know, you made an appointment for 11 and now it's 1130, but you're, you're just patiently waiting, right? That's not the type of patience it's a type of patience that it requires to finish a marathon meaning it is you know it, it's a struggle i've never run one never will don't care chuck cook did you know and he finished right and that takes that that's the endurance we're looking for because i know it's painful and i know that that finish line can seem a long way away that's how it felt for me even doing a 400 just one lap around the track <laughs> that by that third corner i'm like i'm done I'm done. I don't even care. But yet what happens, and the reason I was done, I think any of you who've ever run, I don't know why you would. (laughs) It hurts. And it makes you want to stop. It makes you want to check out. So you could feel good again. And not hurt. But yet those that persevere and finish these races, that run these marathons, see the goal matters so much. There's a value in that goal. This is the type of patience that Peter is saying we need to add it's an endurance it's keeping your eye on the prize, and it actually means to remain it's not just passively sitting it's like again it's, it's a picture of someone being the, the root word means to hold up under it's, it's holding up under a heavy weight, and you're not letting that weight go, but you're, everything in you is keeping that weight above you, and it hurts and it hurts and it's hurts, and you want it gone, but you're keeping yourself under it. And you could at any time get out from under it. And who could say that life sometimes feels like that? Like it is a weight that is just pressing in on you. And everything in you says, I just need to check out. And for us to check out means I'm going back to the old ways. I'm going back to what it felt like to be me. Because this is too hard. This is way too hard. You see, this is why it's so important for us to understand the type of patience that God is after. Because it's a long view. It's a long view. And we're going to get more into this because this is really cool. I actually was just doing some psychological research. Just real simple stuff. I'm not <laughs> but basically, impatience. Impatience. Let's look at impatience. And so for impatience, we need to know... Impatience is a very particular mental and physical process that gets triggered under specific circumstances and which motivates specific kinds of decisive actions. So it's not just lack of patience. It's this particular mindset that is triggered under particular circumstances. And so again, I think all of us get it some way we can look at our lives and go, okay, I could tell the decisions I made out of patience and impatience, right? But you know that you made it out of impatience. Something was triggered. There, There was some, something in your circumstance finally said, forget it. I'm making this type of decisions that it's, it's inherently different than this type of decision that's made under a patient state of mind. So we all have triggers, to impatience. And so impatience is triggered when we have a goal and realize it's going to cost us more than we thought to reach it. This is how it's triggered. You have a goal and all of a sudden you're in it and you realize the cost is a lot more than you thought it would be. An example they gave is if you you are saying, you're you're off work, it's going to take you 20 minutes to get home. But all of a sudden, as you're on the road, it says you're going, uh, there's two cars ahead of you going 10 miles an hour, and they're driving side by side, and it's a two lane highway. All of a sudden, the cost is growing. It's going to take more time to get home. I relate with this. The cost is growing. It was unanticipated. You didn't see it coming. And now you start to grow impatient. Anybody like this? I am. So impatience motivates us, watch this, to reduce the cost of reaching our goals or to switch goals. This is what, this is what impatience does. It says get off track. Go off course. Okay? Reduce the cost. dude. Guys, this is a simple explanation, but I mean, this is me. Like, if I'm in the car, it was just it's traffic. Trust me. I drive my family crazy because I will pull off and take another route. And it probably takes another extra 30 minutes to get there. But I'm moving. I'm telling my wife. She's like, why are you doing this? Because I can't stand still. I need to keep moving. And for some reason, I equate moving with something like, like I'm accomplishing something. But yet, I'm like... All over the map where Siri is finally like, just forget it. I'm not even going to reroute you anymore. You're on, your uh, you're on your own. But see, it's a very practical example. But this is what happens in life. Like all of a sudden when there's traffic, when there's trials, when there's stuff that happens. You see, we want to reduce the cost. We don't like the weight. We don't like what's happening. And so we just start, our wheels start spinning, right? How do I reduce the cost? How do I reduce the cost? Or sometimes you just switch goals altogether. That's another product of impatience. Who's ever started something and not finished it? That's why I won't do a thousand piece puzzle. That goal doesn't mean that much to me. I can do 300, but I won't finish a thousand. I just don't care after a while. And these are very simple explanations But here's the key to patience We're going to look at this Here's the key to adding patience The value of the goal Listen to this, Has to outweigh any cost Associated with it This is why some Can run marathons And train for it Because the value of finishing Is so high But for me it's not But in our walk of faith, the value of the goal of serving, loving the Lord with all of our heart and mind and strength and loving others as ourselves of adding the virtues of God. See, we have to have such a high value on that to keep us steady, to help us endure because it's the value that gives you endurance. Here's another practical example. If I go to a restaurant, if the wait is more than 20 minutes, I'm out of there. I'm done. Nope, not worth it. Way too, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Drives my family crazy. I just, I can't. And I'm showing you a lot of, I have a lot of issues. (laughs) And we'll end up somewhere like, I don't want to insult anybody, but we'll just end up somewhere. (laughs) Like Denny's. You just end up at Denny's. You never plan to go to Denny's. (laughs) But for some, they'll wait over an hour. I think they're crazy. Like, why are you waiting for an hour? Because that meal apparently has some significant value in their life. That's patience. They're not extra patient people. They just have a higher value on what they're waiting for. I got triggered. (laughs) So I'll like send my kids and my wife and go see how long the wait is. <laughs> Dad, it's 23 minutes. We're out! <laughs> we have to remember the goal here, the context of what we've been studying with 2 Peter 1, like through 9, whatever it is, is... To be fruitful in the knowledge of God. To be fruitful in our understanding of who he is. To follow him in a way that we're constantly dying to. Say, we're constantly giving our will over to him. To operate in a way that God ordains, not our ordains. And I'm telling you, life has a way of testing that. You see, patience acts as, like when we're adding virtue, patience keeps the virtue in, right? Patience is what keeps you holding on to that virtue, that behavior, that mindset. It keeps you steady. It keeps you acting upon it, even though things are not happening and the cost is growing. But as soon as impatience takes over, it's just like, forget it. I'm letting that go. I'm taking matters into my own hands again. And see, and we don't learn. So patience has to be added. Or we have to recognize the triggers in our lives before they happen. Before. Because again, cost. It's when the cost becomes greater than anticipated. So Jesus understanding his creation, the thought process... He laid out the cost ahead of time so we wouldn't be surprised when we're in the middle of something. That's difficult. In Luke 14, 25, he says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count what? Whether he has enough to finish it. Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another? uh, Another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So, likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Do you see? There's no greater cost in your life. <laughs> So he wasn't being mean. He was being clear. He was helping people set themselves up for success so that endurance could be possible. Patient endurance could be possible because, yes, life circumstance God will utilize for you, but yet you're losing you. Does that make sense? Difficult situations that we come into can either refine us and build us up in who he is, or we can lose patience. And just give up on the whole thing because it's costing us too much. You see, he was serious when he was talking. He's like, guys, you don't understand. Really, to be my disciple, here's the cost. Like, this is really what it takes. It's a mindset that says everything that I hold dear, my comfort, my loved ones, my family, all these things that I cherish, they have to pale in comparison to my love for him. And when trials hit that begin to pull at these things that you, that you value so much, you see, it could trigger us back into how we used to be, back into old virtues, or back into facelessness, or, or back into self-understanding instead of godly. I don't know what it is for you, but when you're triggered, you know that feeling. I just want to check out. It's so upfront, it's understanding the cost. He also says in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will what? Lose it. How counterintuitive is that? But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. But again, we are triggered often. I guarantee that we are triggered that the one thing that we hold in common is we are triggered when our life is threatened. Aspects of our life are threatened. We are triggered to act out of the old nature. But yet God is saying, if you allow this process to work, if you hold on under this weight, meaning you hold on to these virtues, you stay the course, you keep the faith. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? It takes, patience takes work. You have to hold on to the value of all of this. That you are being refined, you're being sanctified, you are being built up. And to lose your life means you are utterly destroying something, but yet you're gaining it. But yet often we feel like what? We're losing it and we get triggered. So again, I would have you think and even write down some triggers that you're aware of in your life. Triggers to impatience. That you know you have a certain way of acting when you are impatient. And sometimes it takes a while. Because God understands what's needed. He's not in a rush. We are. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that all things work together. For good to those who love God. Remember, here's, this is what it's predicated on. This is, this is the foundation of truth that it's based on. For those that love God, that have faith in God, that understand his ways, to understand what it means to be his disciple, to understand what it means to try to love him with all that we are. This is what it says. To those who are the called according to his purpose, See, he works all things together for good, meaning he is building you up in whatever circumstance it is. And so with that knowledge, we have to stay the course. Our good may not look like God's good. But God is looking at you as a whole and say, what hasn't died? What has died? What needs to die so that you could experience fullness of life in him? And he will allow circumstances in our lives sometimes that are intentionally there to help you die to self. But it takes patience. It takes patience. It takes patience. And sometimes moving just to keep moving is not what he is saying. And when I me mean moving, I mean it's changing directions, it's changing goals, or it, it, it's changing an approach, you know, whatever it is. It's like, no, steady, steady. Don't be changing everything just because it's not working. Don't be changing everything because the timing isn't working or things aren't adding up. It's like just stay the course for just just listen. Stay. James 1:2 says this: My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall, into various trials, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patient. See, it produces patience. It should, I mean, we have a decision if it's going to produce patience or impatience. But if you find yourself in a trial, all of it, and it doesn't say you've tiptoed into a trial. It means like you have fallen into something that you were not expecting. The cost is so great. It is so difficult. One day, everything was great. The next day, what has happened? And there's no end in sight. This is typically where we operate out of impatience because we want to fix it or we want to blame or we want to do something. We want to reduce the cost. We want to reduce this pressure and we can't. But he says, know this. It's producing. So you're going to have to operate in patience. As a child of God, you're going to have, or else it's not going to actually serve any purpose. You're going to be triggered. Every one of you, you will be triggered to a state of impatience. But yet we don't understand what a virtue it is. Sometimes we just, we get in the habit of just acting out in impatience because we don't think it's that big of a deal. But it is. It's hard to undo a lot of decisions made out of impatience. God can, but he doesn't want to have to. So again, think about triggers. Even if you're in a difficult situation right now, you have to know God is with you. And right now, the biggest thing he wants out of you is patience. To hold those virtues close. To operate from that place. Not to let them go. Not to revert back. But to stay the course because you're going to learn more about who he is. He's going to be able to become God in that situation. And that's is, is, That's what he is wanting. He wants to reveal himself. Because this is what happens. But let patience. It's just let it. Because let we can operate out of patience maybe for a moment. But continual? Like we all as parents know you have a breaking point. With your kids, you could be patient and patient and patient, and then there's just like, that's it. I'm done. Let patience, you see, have its work. Patience doesn't feel like work, right? It is. Let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you understand that virtues learn and held on to in the time of trial stick? They stick. You see, because that, uh, that word trial is also, it, it, it really means temptation. When you fall into various temptations, things that are saying, you don't need to do that anymore. Don't, just, just go back, just go back, just go back, just go back. But when you are operating out of virtue, Godly virtue in a place where you just feel like you're being destroyed. That is becoming part of your DNA and you are learning to cope and live in a totally different mindset that when it happened, if everything was just peachy because his desire is that you are perfect and complete. What a desire is that? So he sees this. Trust me, even though we are the righteousness of God in Christ by his blood, he still sees how incomplete we are. And he loves us enough to say, I want to perfect you. Have patience. I want to perfect you. But it's going to take patience. And in this age of microwaves and cell phones, everything is instant. Nothing worth having is instant. It takes time. So again, what is the value that you put on Serving God at all costs. Holding on to godly virtue at all costs. Because every phase of life is going to have a different cost. And if we learn this and add to it, I'm telling you, we're growing and we're growing. But if we're not, we're complaining and complaining and complaining. If we learn this, we are conquerors, we are conquerors, we are conquerors. If we don't, we are victims, we are victims, we are victims. Right? If we learn this, we engage and engage and engage. If we don't, we disengage, we disengage, we disengage. It's so important. And so... For all of us, I mean, this was, I was literally preaching at myself this week. I am classic. I don't know if it's a creative mind or just, you know, well, it's probably just more issues. Anything. I just, I, my mind can get bored very easy. I can, there's this stuff when things aren't happening. I, I, it's just, it's hard for me to stay the course sometimes. But yet I've learned the most about who God is by learning patience in certain seasons. And as we go into next week in this this new series, you know, we're going to look at godliness because that's one thing that you, you add, but to me godliness comes alive when we understand who it is again that we serve, who is the creator of the universe. Who is he? Who is he? And in that we find comfort and power and strength and patience hopefully. So all right, that's it. Work on your triggers. <laughs> know the cost is great, but it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth it. Have good people around you that will stop you from acting on your triggers and not encourage them. <laughs> That's the hard part sometimes. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for this day and this message, this word, Lord, all that you're doing for us because you love us so much. <laughs> and your patience is the model. <laughs> Lord, if it wasn't for your patience, we would not have a chance. So Lord, as we learn more about you and your kindness and mercy, I pray that it changes our minds about whatever circumstance some of us may be facing, that it's in waiting, but it's an act of waiting where we pursue you as best we can through these difficult situations, trusting you, leaning on you, and acting upon the virtues that you have given us through your word. Lord, I pray that you break each of our hearts for you. Lord, you reveal yourself. You illuminate that goal again so that we could be strong and endure. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We praise you. And we acknowledge you as our King and our Lord.
0: Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falaci, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalaci.com. That's russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.